On Racing HQ, Monday's Experts, studying the form of racing's characters. Monday's Experts, he'd have always got the good oil. Pity you can't put a bet on at the finish of a race. G'day and welcome to Sky Sports Radio on this Monday. If you're listening via the podcast at any time of your pleasure, hello and welcome to Monday's Experts. It's an opportunity for us to just find out a little bit about the story behind the name of racing participants here in New South Wales. And our guest today, well, he's won a Cox Plate, he's ridden all over the world, he's gone very well in Hong Kong and he's back in Australia now. He's also had a little baby boy. And he's pretty happy with life, and I'm keen to hear what's in store for him in the future and also reflect on his past. My guest is Chad Schofield. G'day, Chad. Welcome to Monday's Experts. Yeah, good morning. Thanks for having me on. No dramas at all. It was good to catch up with you, mate. We were in Coffs Harbour. You went up there on the plane. We had a bit of a plane delay, and I was sitting thinking, right, I'm going to get Chad on and have a discussion about his career and life. And you've, fit, you've already fit a lot into that life. Um Tell us a little bit about, mate, where you were born and your first memories of the horse, considering you've pretty much always been around it with the family. Yeah, obviously, um, with, with Dad being a jockey, I was uh, you know, in and evol- involved in racing from the very beginning. Um, I was born in South Africa, in Durban. Um, did you know, My earliest childhood memories growing up there were great. And then um, Dad got a contract to go ride in Hong Kong. Um, at the time, I think I was eight, eight or nine years old, and I went over. We all went over with him, and I went to school over there for four years while he rode. Um, after Dad's uh, riding in Hong Kong, we moved back to South Africa for just another year before we all immigrated to Australia. Um, I think I was maybe fifteen when we made the move over. So, um, you know, Australians, be, Australia's been great, for, great to all of us. Um, Fantastic. Is what was it like as a youngster with that travelling? I mean, uh, you know, obviously I'm tipping going from growing up in South Africa to, to going to a place like Hong Kong back in the day. That would have been a, a, a big culture shock. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, but I was I was very young, so I mm. took to it quite comfortably because of my age. But um, yeah, I went to school there in Hong Kong as a boy, um, and yeah, all the way through I was obviously cheering Dad and Dad's biggest supporter. Um, and yeah, I, I never really rode a horse till I was about 15 or 16. Um, I didn't do the traditional ponies as uh, growing up and all that. I, I sort of learned to ride on a racehorse later on. What, why is that? Well, dad always tells the story that he was trying to keep me away from it. Um, but, um, he, he also tells another funny story how I was, I kept begging him to, you know, start riding and learn to ride and he kept putting me off, putting me off. So I, I, I cracked the shits with him one day and I, I enrolled myself in the South African Jockey Academy. Um, and he woke up the next morning to a phone call from them saying how happy they were that, that I've listed and enrolled myself. And I think that's the moment when he thought, right, this kid's pretty serious. We better you know, help him do what he wants to do. Why were you so passionate to do it? Was it because of uh, what you'd seen in his life and career or was it, uh, you know, that uh, you... What was it? I just loved loved the sport, loved the horses. I loved the racing. Um, I was I was very involved with the form. I used to love the form. Um, they always used to say that if I could, 
you know, study my school books as well as, as well as I could study the race card, I'd be be all right. But um, it was my passion. I just loved it. And that reaction, obviously, uh, with your father, and also was it your your mum as well? Were they just trying to keep you away more from a a safety point of view, or what was it? I think a bit a bit of both, safety and um, you know, obviously, it's it's not an easy um, profession. Um, and they're also trying to make me concentrate on, on my schooling, but um, yeah, my my um, my passion was there, and I definitely wanted to get started and get stuck into it. What about that first time uh, at the academy, or the first time on a horse? Do you remember it like it was yesterday? Yeah, I um, I actually did a bit of. Like, I first learned to ride. Um, Huey Bowman, dad's obviously friends with Huey Bowman, and Huey Bowman's parents have a farm up at Dunedoo. Um, and just before I, I went to the stables and started my apprenticeship, I did a, a week up there and you know, learned all the basics with Huey's dad, and um, that was great. And then I, I started my apprenticeship at, at Rose Hill with David Payne. Um, I think I was 16 at the time, and um, yeah, obviously did did all the basics, the, the boxes, and, and obviously all that apprentice work. And I was very, very small when I started at that age. I think I was you know, 30, 33 kilograms or something and obviously very weak and would struggle to, to hold the horses. And um, they used to call me autumn leaves at the track because I always used to fall off. But um, it was all part of the, the process and it was very enjoyable. With riding the horse and obviously um, you've all... Because you've always been quite athletic, haven't you? I mean, you've always loved uh, sport as a, as a youngster. Yeah, that's right. I was... I was um, now, any sport I was I was keen to 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 try, and I was um pretty decent runner and um, loved my soccer. Obviously, wasn't much good at rugby; I was too small. But yeah, cricket as well. I, I used to love getting involved with anything I could. So, when you jumped on the horse, did you find what sort of athleticism did you need to incorporate uh, from say those other sports that you were quite good at growing up to to being a jockey? Well, it's very different, obviously, because I was so small. I had to quickly find a way to to, to to control the horses because I, w- I wasn't going to beat them by strength. I was just too little. So I developed my own technique over time that, um, you know, just developed, I guess. Um, um, but for the first six or six months to a year, um, I did find it a bit difficult because of my size. Um, but yeah, it was just, just all part of the process and um, definitely wouldn't change a thing about it all. With uh, and we're chatting to Chad Schofield, by the way, this morning. So, Chad, you obviously uh, are starting to learn to, to ride. Uh, you're getting your, your feel for things. You had a now. Tell me if this is right. Was you did you become apprentice to the hay stable here in uh, in Australia? I did. So I began um, with David Payne, like I said, and um, I, I got race riding quite quickly. I think I, as soon as I did my completed my twenty barrier trials. I went straight to the races, and I think it took me maybe 18 race rides for my first winner. Um, but then I finished that first season in the provincials and in the, in the in the bush, and then I pretty much went to the city. And things things then quickly fell into place. And um, I was champion apprentice that second season, that next year with David Payne. Um, and then at the time, I think I was a claim two or claim one and a half apprentice when David Hayes called and asked me if I wanted to go and ride for him in Melbourne. Um, he just finished building his Euroa property and training facilities, and he was in a bit of a um, transition stage in his, in his 
his career, but obviously a Hall of Fame trainer like him, I jumped at the chance. Still very young, I think I was 17 or 18, but yeah, I went down and I was pretty much a stable jockey, even as an apprentice, and um, hit the ground running, and I was also a champion apprentice as soon as I got down to Melbourne, so it was great. What did you learn from that uh, that time at uh, the Hayes Complex? A lot. Um, obviously, it was my first time moving out of home, um, and I was living out on the farm. But um, yeah, I, I grew up a lot in, in that that period, and definitely developed as a rider too. Because now I was, I was, you know, starting to get fully grown and, and had the strength and full of confidence too. Because I was riding a lot of winners and had the backing of a huge stable like that and putting me on and um, yeah I, I did quite well uh, that Cox Plate uh, you'll never forget that for the rest of your life you were 19 years of age winning on Seamus Award what was that moment like? yeah it was just incredible um, still an apprentice too at that point um, I remember sitting at I think it was Cranbourne Barrier Trials on the Monday not having a ride and in between heats I was just in my car listening to the radio and Atlantic Jewel was just announced being scratched and I got a call from my manager Mark Van Treat and said could you do 49 which I could quite comfortably at that time and he said Seamus Award's going to get a run it's a maidener but it'll be great to have a ride in the race so I agreed and obviously was so happy that I was able to get a ride in the Cox Plate and um, didn't really give him any winning chance at all I don't think many people did but um, I did gallop him, I think, the next day at Flemington for Danny O'Brien, and he obviously worked very, very well. Um, yeah, in the lead-up to the race, there was no pressure at all. It was just nice to be involved with and, and, and being in such a great race. And it was just a blur, to tell you the truth. Um, you know, the race went perfectly, jumped and led. We had this preconceived plan that I would lead, obviously, with no weight, and the horse was... At that point, still quite raw and green. He used to get back in his races and run on strongly, but hang in and do a lot wrong. So from a good draw, we, we thought we'd take the bull by the horns with no weight and let him lead on the rail where he couldn't hang in and they couldn't catch him. It was great. Chad Schofield, as I guess this morning on Monday's experts, if you've just joined us, Chad, you were 19 at that point. Um, did you get much time to celebrate? Because you mentioned you're an apprentice, or was it pretty much, come on, mate, we've got to... Uh, We've got to get back in the car and um, fulfil rides for the rest of the, the week and weekend. Um, my dad rode in Sydney that day, and uh, they say they say he um, after after he won that he was running around the parade ring cheering. Um, and then him, mum, and my sisters flew down straight after, and obviously we went for dinner and, and celebrated a bit um, with all my mates. But being so young, they sent me to bed at about nine o'clock. I had. Um, <laughs> see more races the next day. So they all stayed out and sent me to bed. Chad, with a, a moment like that, how difficult is it um, for you? And I know this probably um, more means the, the people around you, but you have to keep grounded in situations like that. Like I remember when I was 19, if something like that was to happen in my life and something you dreamed about for a long, long time happened so early in your career, how do you how do you maintain that groundness? Well, I think all the way through, I was very lucky because I, I've, I have my dad in the background who's been there and done it all before. He's also seen um, many young young riders sort of get carried away. So he's he's always been very firm on me. He still is today, um, very firm and um, kept me grounded. And yes, yeah, so I've I've been lucky to have him. But 
I do wish I could go back and, and ha- have that moment again because it was a blur. It went super fast and um, it was just, just the most amazing, amazing couple of days. Chad, uh, you had a nasty fall um, and you broke your neck, didn't you? And is that when you went back to England for a little period? Yeah, it wasn't long after the Cox Plate. I um I had a fantastic season. I, I won four Group Ones. I won the Cox Plate, be my first, and then I got the ride on Lankin Rupee um, in the Group One Newmarket, and he won as well as um, the Champagne Stakes in Sydney, and then the Queensland Derby. Um, and the, the day after the Queensland Derby, I flew back and rode on Sunday at I think it was Mornington or Cranbourne, and uh, the horse in front of me fell and I come down and yeah, I broke my neck and was out for a long time. Um, and when I came back, I struggled to really get going after that. I was getting a lot of suspensions and I was finding it quite difficult. And actually Terry Henderson of OTR Racing reached out and recommended maybe I go overseas for, for a couple of months and you know ride a bit of track work and get some experience internationally. Um, and he teed me up to go over and work for Ed Dunlop, who trains in Newmarket. And, um, yeah, I went over there and rode track work. I had a few rides and a few winners, but um, it was a great experience. I was there, and I actually met my, my wife over there. Um, so it was great. That's fantastic. So it's funny how things – I mean, it's obviously not great what happened to you injury-wise, but if that doesn't happen at that point in your career, you might never have met Hannah. That's right. Yeah, I mean, I'm a firm believer of everything happens for a reason, and um, it was definitely worthwhile. That time you spent uh, over in the UK, and and once you got yourself sorted, there was an offer that came in from Hong Kong, wasn't there? There was. um, um, And actually, I teamed up again with David Hayes um, in England because he took Criterion over for Royal Ascot. And we had a bit of a breakup after my apprenticeship, I hadn't really ridden for him for about a year or so. But um, riding Criterion at Ascot was my first ride back for him, for him, so that was great. And yeah, while I was over in England, Hong Kong called and, and asked me if I'd be interested in a in a three month contract, um, which I I jumped at. Um, however, I did have a lot of people say maybe I was too young and not quite ready. I think I was twenty or twenty one. Um, but yeah, after England, I came home. I think I only rode for a week or two in Melbourne before I packed up and moved to Hong Kong for my three-month contract. With going to Hong Kong, obviously you'd been there before as a youngster. You no doubt had lent on your old man's advice and opinion about going there. Um, was it quite daunting when you got there? Because it is totally different to being here in Australia, right from not only the, the, the class and system of horse, but also to an, the way in which you go about getting rides. That's correct, yeah. It's very, very different. Um, you know, you land on the plane and the club are very helpful. They give you give you your apartment, give you your car. But once you get there and you get given the keys, you're on your own. Um, there's no help from anyone. Um, and I was on my own for about the first six months before Hannah came and joined me. But it was tough and, and very lonely at that, at that during those times. But I was again, I was lucky. I hit the ground running. I wrote a winner on my first meeting um, and my second meeting. Um, and yeah, those that three month contract obviously got extended, and I ended up doing seven years there. What did you like about Hong Kong, and what didn't you like about Hong Kong? I love the racing there. Um, you know, I, I don't need to say that. I think it goes without saying. The racing there is just 
top, top class, very competitive. It's very hard to ride winners and do well. So when you do get that success over there, it really, it really does feel good. Um, but it's very challenging. You know, you've got to manage yourself. Um, your PR work really has to be on point. And you really got to be hungry and chase the rides because if you don't, you get left behind. Um, and I sort of had to learn that quite quickly, having always relied on the manager, get my rides in the past. But I really enjoyed it. And, um, you know, I was, I was hungry and I chased hard. And um, I think in total, I rode maybe 260 winners in my time there. So it was, it was great. Um, coming back to Australia, obviously uh, you've had a little boy. How's fatherhood been, Chad? Yeah, it's good. It's it's fantastic. Um, it's probably the reason we left Hong Kong in December. Um, obviously the situation there at the moment is quite tricky with with COVID and and whatnot. So with Hannah being so preg- pregnant, um, you know, it, we, we just thought we, we we'd take the decision and, and move home. Um, in December, which we did, and thankfully Archer was born here in Australia, and it's just been fantastic. It's it's the best. Has it been difficult though to rebuild here in Australia because um, you know you're surrounded obviously by um, probably one of the world's best jockey rooms. It's um, has that been tough? It has, it has, um, and obviously being away for so long, you got to come back and and. Um, practically start from the from the bottom um you know because i haven't been a sydney jockey since i was a claim three apprentice so um you are starting from the bottom and um you know i had a, a handful of hiccups when i did resume um in january got covid and suspensions and a couple of injuries so it was very stop start at the beginning um and it took me a good three months i'd say to to really show any form but um you know, I had a good sort of March, April onwards. I was starting to really pick up and, and get some better rides. And I was starting to ride winners until I took a holiday to to refresh. And now I'm back and, and ready to start again. Mm. Does that annoy you, though, that the fact that, um, you know, you just take a holiday. Everyone deserves a holiday. And it's, you know, it's this sort of cycle that you're in. You, you, you pretty much have to rebuild from a holiday. Yeah, you- you do that. You're forgotten quite quickly, but I've only been back a week and a half. I've only had one race ride back since that holiday, and that was the one at cost. So um, I've got a couple tomorrow and um, and Wednesday. And yeah, again, we're just in that rebuilding phase, and and um, we just got to get that ball rolling again. When it comes to to riding here in Australia, from a, from a jockey point of view, the difference in riding, say here and Ramwick with Huey and. James and who else to riding against Zach and Joe or Jow uh, there in, in Hong Kong? Is it, is it a different style of racing? Do they ride a little bit more tighter in, in Hong Kong or do you find that when you're riding over there, jockeys can maybe have more license uh, to be more creative? You know, you, you see them on Happy Valley on certain nights, they'll be taking off here or there and everywhere and injecting speed. Whereas here it's a bit more, not saying it's, uh, it's, yeah, what's the word? Not saying it's um, everyone's too afraid, but it just seems a bit more structured here sometimes. Yeah, well, I think the difference, the, the main difference for me is the tempo of the races. Um, in Hong Kong, the tracks are very firm and very fast. The horses are always 100% fit, so prominence in a race is key. So the races are run quite, fran- quite fran- frantically. Um, 
you know, and um, you really got to have your horse in the right position because of the handicapping system. It's very tight, the handicapping up there. And one small mistake mean, is the difference between winning and losing. So it goes back to what I said earlier. It's it's very difficult to um, to do well con- consistently in Hong Kong because you've got to make practically zero mistakes. So, yeah, the racing is a lot quicker and, and faster over there. Um, there's also no track bias, which is one of the, the biggest things I had to get used to when I did come home, especially with all the rain we had, um, you know, the, the track biases, because you just don't get any of that in Hong Kong. The only bias you get is pace-related. So, um, yeah, it was, um, it was it, it did take a lot of adjusting to get used to, but um, like I said, it probably did take me three months, four months to get my head around, but it did... I do feel like it did click somewhat towards, um, you know, the back end of my of my time before, and um, I'm ready to go. I feel good. I'm confident, and um, I'm ready to show that I can I can mix it with the guys down here. Chad Schofield is my guest this morning on uh, Racing HQ and Monday's Experts. Chad, what about um, the future? I mean, obviously you're 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 dad now. You. I'm tipping you're going to be in Sydney for a very long, long time. Um, but what what do you want to achieve here uh, in your career? Yeah, obviously Sydney's now home. It's, it's it's where I'm fully concentrating on for the next you know, decade or, or, or however long I'm fortunate enough to ride for. But um, I just really want to prove myself that I can I can mix it with the best. Yeah, like you said before, the the, the room in the Sydney Jockey Room is is one of the most competitive in the world. Um, and you know, I feel like I I haven't shown yet that I'm up to it, but I can't wait to do so. Any particular race you'd love to win in general? Have you got a Have you got a race that uh, you know you've you've won one of our most prestigious races in a Cox Plate? But is there something that you're like, right? I I need to win that race. I'd love to win a Slipper. Um, the Slipper's always a race that's been at the top of my list, as, as well as the Melbourne Cup, but. Yeah, I think a golden slipper, if I could pick any race in Sydney, would be it. Be a slipper. Fantastic. And what about um, the little one, mate? Um, obviously, you know, you're learning there, um, and that's going to continue on, but is the is the dynasty going to continue, you think, one day? <laughs> well. <laughs> it's a long way off, but know. still. You never know. Judging by the size of him now, I'd say he's got no chance. He's a big chunker, but <laughs> yeah, he's a little ripper, little archer. He's six months old already, and. Um, he couldn't be any more perfect. That's fantastic. And everything all right with the better half, mate? Because they say behind every good man, there's an even better woman. Yeah, well, that's true. Um, and I'm fortunate enough to have, to have Hannah. She's she's been there, you know, in the, during my good and bad times in Hong Kong. And um, yeah, she she's very very supportive of me. And yeah, she's she, she's loving it here in Sydney. It's the first time she's lived in Sydney, obviously. And um, Obviously, yeah, we just went back and saw all of our friends and family, so life's good. Life's really good. That's great, mate. Uh, I'm excited to see what this spring uh, can deliver for you. I mean, we see um, a good mate of yours and a, a gentleman who was in Hong Kong while you were there, Sam Clipperton, comes back, similar sort of situation, and just that one horse, bit of momentum, that's all you need, and you don't know what is around the corner. You've got all the ability in the world. We know that. We know you can ride. It's just a matter of getting that luck, mate. And if you can get that luck this spring, look out. And I really appreciate your time. No problems. Yeah, thanks very much. Thanks for having me on. Chad Schofield, our guest this morning on Monday's Experts. And hopefully, as I said, Chad can have a very big spring. He'll be back at the races uh, tomorrow. And looking forward uh, to 
just seeing how that adventure goes. And great stuff too that his uh, little one and partner are enjoying their time here in Sydney.